Hey, 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 what it do, my curious peeps? Yo, how was your week? Like, legit, how was your week? Mine was up and down, so unpredictable, curved balls everywhere, but I am so happy that it is time for a brand new episode. And I could not be happier that you are here tuning in to my Curious Life podcast. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Take a seat. Take a listen. Happy to have you. (laughs) This is a platform where I'm talking to friends and family, people that are doing some amazing things, people that are killing it in the game and getting their thoughts on their experiences and to discuss some topics that are relevant to my life and hopefully they're relevant to yours as well. The feedback from the last episode on investing in real estate has been excellent. I'm so happy that you guys have enjoyed that and got some tips when it comes to investing in real estate. I know I'm still processing everything that I learned. Um, so hopefully you are, you know, implementing those tips in your investment plans. And if you have not heard that episode, then after this, just scroll on back and take a listen. So for this episode, I'm pretty excited about. Um, I got to talk with my friend Earl. Now, you may know him from Instagram or you may know him personally. And Earl is just uh, one of those people that (laughs) have killed the game and has been true to himself doing it. That is all I'm going to say because that is all that's needed to be said. Um, So I wanted us to kind of talk about um, the process to how he got to where he is and talk about presence on social media because he has a strong presence there. So um, I wanted to dive into this topic with him. So of course, without going too far into it, let's welcome my friend. Earl. Yo. <laughs> Wait, is this part of the recording? <laughs> yes, it's a part of the recording. I mean, I don't know, you just making them sounds on the air, but I guess that's your like Lachelle's version of the the little Cardi sound she be doing. Uh, no, it's it's not actually. It's not actually <laughs> Cardi L. Yo, don't <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come on here acting up. Wait, so is is there gonna be like an intro or something though? There's going to be an intro, okay. <laughs> Sir. Was the intro the yow? Was that it? <laughs> Listen, let's begin. All right. Um, 
do I do the the yow or you do it this part? <laughs> if you want to do it back, you can do it back. No, it's not really my thing. That's your right. that's your brand. Right. <laughs> How are you doing? I mean, just maintaining. Yeah. How yeah. how is everything? You made the big move to ATL. How's everything going down there? It's cool, and you know, just still trying to get settled in. Still have a few boxes to unpack, or not a few, quite a bit. Oh shoot, really? Yeah. Wow, and you guys have all that space. Yeah. <laughs> the hard so life. Just... The hard life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the downside is that means you gotta get a lot of furniture. That's true, and I was wondering that too, because I'm like. It's always nice getting a nice space and having more, you know, square footage, but you got to fill it with stuff. Yeah. And the thing was, we gave away pretty much all of our furniture, most most of it in Connecticut. Oh, you did? Um, yeah. And this, there's such a big size difference that even if we did, say, for example, kept everything, we still would have mad furniture to get. So, yeah. But it's even more on top of that because we just got rid of a lot of stuff. We just, we had it for so long and stuff. So it was... It was time. And the thing is, even with COVID now, like you'll go to a furniture store, you'll see something you like, and they'll be like, all right, let me look it up and see when it'll be available. And they'll be like, oh, it'll be available in like November. You know, it's like, wow, "Wow." everything just takes so long to get in because they don't have much stuff in their stores, in their warehouse. Everything's just backed up. Yeah. With COVID. So it's just like, and then sometimes you're just like, dang, you know, I really like this, but am I really trying to wait that long? So you're just trying to go somewhere else to find something, but yeah. Right. And I guess like, have you guys found places that are like for people who are looking for furniture and stuff, have you found the spot that's like, yo, they'll deliver quickly, they're good quality stuff, or is it you're ordering from different places? Uh, we're ordering from different places. I mean, each, pretty much everywhere kind of has like a similar dilemma, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you purchase something off the floor, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. True. Well, I wanted to have you on this episode because I wanted to talk about your journey because you've been on a long journey to get you to where you are now, correct? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So I wanted to kind of talk about that and the things that have come up in this journey um, and just kind of get your thoughts on it. Um, So I guess before we kind of dive into it, tell the people what you do. But didn't you forget the intro, though? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about the intro, okay? All right, but (laughs) (laughs) so I'm a gastroenterologist and advanced interventional endoscopist, uh, meaning I focus on a physician whose specialty focuses on the digestive system, and I do endoscopic procedures throughout the digestive throughout the digestive system. Nice. And what got you? What got you interested in that? Well, in med school, I was really interested in gastroenterology from our physiology classes, mm-hmm. um, along with some other specialties. I was interested in um, cardiology at the time and pulmonology, which is the lungs. And then um, I would say, so I knew I was going to do a subspecialty of internal medicine. So I did internal medicine residency. 
by the time I finished with med school, I was going back and forth between GI, which is gastroenterology and pulmonology. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through my intern year, I was, you know, as official, I was going to pursue GI. For me, I like the critical thinking problem solving aspect mm-hmm. of, um, uh, of GI or the medicine specialties. And specifically for GI, what I liked about it is I lo- love the, I knew I wanted to do something that was hands-on. So I love the procedural aspect of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a good mix of, um, you know, problem solving, intellectual, you know, uh, thinking or higher thinking, problem solving, critical thinking, as well as, you know, just hands on uh, and a bit of instant gratification in terms of someone comes in with a problem, you do the procedure and, you know, a lot of times you may have uh, uh, immediate satisfaction. So, yeah. That's bomb. So for, cause sometimes I get confused at the sequence of like you did med school and then you did internship. Like what is the flow of everything to where you are now? What did, what was that like? Gotcha. So I did med school at university of Maryland. That was four years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I went to Howard. First of all, we can't forget HU. So I did Howard. Went to Howard. For we, we, I mean, Howard people always got to say something. <laughs> I mean, it's the illustrious Howard University, a.k.a. <laughs> the Hilltop, a.k.a. the Capstone, a.k.a. All the right. Mecca. All right. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Howard for undergrad, went to med school, University of Maryland. That was four years. I stayed there for my internal medicine residency. That was another three years. Uh, and then I was selected to be a chief resident. So that was an additional year after those three years. And then I went to Yale for my gastroenterology and hepatology fellowship. That was another three years. And then I stayed there for an advanced fellowship focused on uh, advanced interventional endoscopy. And that was an additional year. Mm -hmm. What would you say was the hardest part of your journey? Like, what was the part where you're just like, or was there a part where you're just like, can I do this? Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was definitely tough, there was definitely tough points, but there wasn't a point where I was just like, you know, what am I still going to do it? I'm like, yeah, in a sense, I kind of had a tunnel vision, like, you know, I have my mind set on something like I'm going to get it done. So, um, and, but there's like, definitely wh- tough times, especially med school, like those first two years, the preclinical yeah. years, we were doing like biochem and you know mm-hmm. it's like that's that's tough you know what I mean I failed some tests in med school but you know what I mean just had to keep grinding yeah <laughs> so where did you get this drive from because you're you come from a family of um professionals and in, in the med field too right yes ma'am like is this something that that was just kind of ingrained in you from young and it was kind of just like, yo, you should be a physician or no. it just come to you naturally. Gotcha. Yeah, for, you know, actually up on pretty much from when I was a child up until the summer after my freshman year of college, I was actually interested in veterinary medicine and being a veterinarian. Um, oh, really? And, yeah. And then I decided to do pursue an MD after my freshman year of college instead. Um, and my parents, you know, my younger sister, she's an attorney. My parents never, um, sort of have to be that. Um, 
but I do know that they always, whatever we wanted to do, that they wanted to suggest, um, be the best at what we, what we do and just to do our best. Um, and so for me, it's kind of like I knew from general physician medicine, more so just a personal interest. Of course, um, I had that exposure, so that definitely mm-hmm. helped. Um, and I feel that that's why in a part of me too, I never really felt that feeling like, is this something that I can really do? Because, you know, mm-hmm. when you see your, your parents and they're able to do it, then, you know, that gives you the confidence that you can do it as well. Uh, yeah. And, and so I, when I had my mind set to it, it was just kind of like, that was it. Like when I graduated college, you know, of course my parents, they were very happy for me and supportive, but at the same time, it was kind of that mentality, like, you know, this, we expected that, like, we expect you to graduate from yeah. college, you know what I mean? So, right, right. You know, growing up in a West Indian household, Jamaican parents, you know how it goes, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you met Tamia, your wife, in what phase of, of your education? Um, I actually knew her from, I think it was maybe high school days, probably. High school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was during high school days. Um, what? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, I grew up in Nashville. Um, her family kind of moved around, but her, her father was a pastor in our same conference. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would see her at, you know, the local camp meetings and church events and stuff like that here and there. So, yeah. you know, I had interest in her during that. You know, I, or I saw her, and, you know, I was attracted to her. So I knew of her, and I knew her friends, and we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. we didn't start hmm, trying to think. I think it was like one summer when I was back from from college, and then we kind of it was more so we started talking through like Facebook, and then I'd see her when I'd mm-hmm. come back home when we were on break. But we didn't start dating, like officially dating. Until, you know, I was at Maryland for med school. She came there for dental school. So I was in my third year at, med, at Maryland for med when she started her first year. And so we were talking pretty much her whole, like, last semester kind of of undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. officially started dating um, early on when she came to Maryland for dental school. So this is the first time, like, because you just graduated in May. This is the first time in your relationship that you are not in school yeah pretty much this first time i'm not in training so our whole first eight years of marriage i've been in training the whole time dang how's it feel it feels definitely different you know it's just like <laughs> wow it's like we've been grinding the whole time now it's about to be a different kind right. of grind you know right Trying to get that, that right. paper you know true 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 so um, I wanted to kind of shift to your um, Instagram presence because would you say that you're like what do you call it? like an Instagram celebrity or or a viral what 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 is it what's the term? don't do that show <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the person with the Instagram account. Um, you have like how many followers now? I remember we were tracking it at one point, and then I just, like, lost track. It was, like, a little under 28,000. A little under 28,000. And, like, how... I remember um, you had posted something. I think it was the... I think it was the Don't Rush Challenge. Mm-hmm. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, that was when like your followers started like creeping up, right? Uh yeah. I mean it's kind of it's how how these things kind of go sometimes is it's you have like um specific points in time where there's certain things that kind of go like viral in a sense or kind of spread a lot and then you kind of will see like intermittent boost in in followers so like the 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 funny thing is earlier on in my page the when i got like a a whole lot of followers pretty quickly was not even anything medicine related it was a family photo the picture yeah myself yeah. my father my grandfather and my son so like four generations of earl earls and then mm-hmm. that kind of just like went viral so I, I got like a lot of followers from that and then you know sometimes mm-hmm. you get like features on different pages and each time you do stuff like that then you kind of get like you know additional boost and then that mm-hmm. it was last year's um uh what do you call it last year's um Black History Month when I did like the from three fifths of person the hashtag campaign. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, when I did that start of that campaign, then I had like, like thousands of followers like in a, in days from that, and then with the Don't Rush Challenge and yeah that that was like thousands of followers again like within a matter of days right. and like all the guys too that kind of came on that were on the the video uh we're all on it together like everyone saw like a huge boost like my cousin was on it and he had he probably got within a few days like nothing like four thousand or something followers yeah wow i feel like a lot of the ladies though were like just hopping on (laughs) the different pages yeah 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 so funny so funny so did you have like the intention of of being this like influencer when you started because you used to have a personal page and then you had a professional page yeah did you is this what you had in mind not didn't really know if it was gonna get to this extent kind of how it started was um this page had actually reached out to me on facebook uh, for me to be featured on their like medical page is a page where they um, feature different um, individuals in the medical specialties. So they asked for my information. They were going to feature me on their page. And then they had asked, you know, uh, what's your Instagram handle? And I was like, and I don't know if I want to give them my like the personal one. So I just like, was right. like you know what, you know, I was thinking about it. And I was kind of, you know, I was talking with someone else who was saying, yeah, it'd be kind of good to have a, um, a presence as a African-American physician that can kind of be like a, a voice. Um, and so I was mm-hmm. kind of playing with that idea. So I was like, oh, well, now it seems like a good time. Might as well make this page in that way. And when they feature me on that page, it would direct them to this other more kind of med lifestyle focused page rather than the previous page. Yeah. So I made it at that at that point. Yeah. So you say like this med lifestyle and when I think about the lifestyle that like you portray on <laughs> on your on your page, it's like there's there's like ratchet <laughs> and then there's <laughs> there's professional. So how do you or do you even care? Because I was gonna say like how do you do the balance of like I'm gonna show the ratchet and I'm gonna show the professional side. 
Or is it kind of just like, this is who I am and this is just what I'm going to post? Yeah, it's kind of like, this is who I am and what I'm going to post. So, like, how I went into it initially, I was just like, well, I'll keep my personal page just for, like, family stuff, personal stuff. And then I'll have on the other page just be, like, medical stuff. So, I had mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, I was kind of initially navigating it that way. But then every now and then, you know, I would have, like, little posts, like, videos with the kids and stuff. Um and the yeah. people were just like kind of drawn to that. Like I get like a lot of feedback on that. People were like, oh, I like how you show your kids and kind of show like the other side. So it's like, hmm. So that yeah. kind of just started incorporating more of, you know, just like my personal life into it. And then I felt like that was received really well. And then over time, I just mm-hmm. noticed naturally I ended up just not like posting everything just on that page as opposed to my prior yeah. page and not even really using the other page like at all. Um, and so yeah. what I kind of realized was some a lot of times other physicians on social media kind of um have these like silos in their life in terms of like everything's kind of isolated and so they may have a page yeah. where it's purely just like a medicine focus so other individuals especially like that may be interested in medicine that may be like young adults they see these pages and they're just like oh, okay this is how doctors are they you know super professional in this regard and very like you know robots they go like stoic yeah so yeah um but then i feel what drew people to my page and was just like oh this person's just like a regular person like you or me you know what i mean and it kind of i feel people are drawn to that because they can see that they can just be themselves and still Mm -hmm. um be whatever they want to be so for me, it was just kind mm-hmm. of just being who I am and just showing, you know, I listen to what I want to listen to on the way to the hospital, you know, and, yeah. you know, and I <laughs> post that on the gram. So people are drawn to the like, oh, I don't even know, you know, they thought doctors probably listen to, I don't know what they think, classical, like classical me, you know, music. on the way to the hospital. Yeah. So I felt that it helped me connect to a lot of people who are just like, maybe afraid to kind of put that side out there. Or also may have felt mm-hmm. that they may not fit the picture of what a doctor may be because what people portray on social media is that doctors all kind of fit into one box. But we're just like right. everyone else, you know? We just happen to be doctors. Right. All right. So you have a lot of following on Instagram. Do you ever feel like there are pressures because you have such a following? Or do you not feel that pressure at all? What kind of pressure, Lachelle? Like, do you feel pressure on, like, even though you say that you show your your family and you show your personal life, do you feel like there's pressure even in that to show it in a specific light? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say whenever you know things are kind of like in the public eye, in a sense, more so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a little pressure, you know, kind of a pressure to, um, for people to, or to present it all a certain way, you know, yeah. but I, I try to, to keep a balance, you know, but, you know, yeah. I'll talk about some down things that, that happen as well. Um, but usually just, I guess how it just so happens since people usually a lot of times tend to sometimes share, um, more of the up moments than the down, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just there's always yeah. kind of that pressure to um, try and uphold things in a certain light. Yeah, and I guess you kind of do show like the 
I think you show more of like the honest moment in like your Instagram posts, maybe as opposed to your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or you mean my stories as opposed to my posts? No, I mean your posts as opposed to your stories. Like I feel like in your post, for example, you posted about um, you guys getting the house and that it wasn't easy and things like that. I don't feel uh, like you really post that kind of stuff in your stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's yeah. And there's things, little things that come up here and there. You got to deal with the home ownership sometimes that come up. Like, I guess, yeah, naturally, people tend to share the positive things. But, like, say, if you had to replace some set of towels or something like that, like, sometimes mm-hmm. you may not post that. You know, it all kind of depends. Like, right. you know, you're more likely to post um, your marriage or whatever, your spouse, like, after if you all had like a good day y'all went out with the family y'all having fun yeah. and you're not really gonna post like sitting on the bed at the edge of the bed like dang like we just got an argument right 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 exactly um so how do you find because i know that you have like your group of friends that are physicians and in the medical field is there ever any sense of like competition between anyone or like who has more followers who does this or is it truly like a supportive community that you feel you you're like safe in no I think it's definitely like a safe circle you know what I mean we talk about a lot of things in that in that group mm-hmm. uh, and as far as competition for followers like I don't think so at all like mm-hmm. nobody's really checking for that um you know, we we talk about, you know, guy stuff, money, that type of things. I feel, if anything, the group is really kind of uh, supportive in terms like we can have a conversation where we may be talking about something ratchet one minute and the next we're talking about forming LLCs and mm-hmm. S-Corps and nonprofit organizations and how to mm-hmm. go about doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, tips for buying a home, that type of thing. Uh, and then things from just like a medical standpoint. So I feel, as, you know, everyone in the group, has a lot of knowledge and they have expertise in different areas. Yeah. And so I feel like it's a great group because when all of us are kind of talking, people have different input on, on things. They're kind of like, oh, wow, like this person is really well versed on this or, you know, um, on this person's very well versed on investing and stocks. <laughs> this person's very well versed on starting your own business. And so I feel like collectively, like we have a lot to, to offer and, mm-hmm. you know, I feel there's some things that I've always been able to offer the guys, and a lot of the guys have very knowledgeable in things that I may not have much knowledge in, in at all. And so, yeah, I feel that I'm a lot of times just learning a lot from those guys. So, yeah, and I think that's that's key to have people in your circle that truly like push you and share knowledge. I feel like that's how you collectively progress. Yeah, and that's why I say like competition over followers, like not at all. Like, if it's competition, it's more so for us to push each other to keep like mm-hmm. grinding and keep you know like trying to reach the next level you know so right. positive kind of competition so right so you but not about followers more so about real life striving and not just trying to survive but to thrive yeah I feel you um all right so um you mentioned that within your group of friends you discuss you know venturing out doing investments, um, starting your businesses, things like that. And I know you are 
diving into merchandise, correct? Eventually. Eventually. Um, so where, what do you, like, tell me about that brand and, and what you hope to gain from that. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of evolved around, revolves around uh, my hashtag, get the scope, or my slogan, get the scope. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have some parts and hat shirts. <laughs> uh, and then another one that I came up with, another little slogan: "Big Scope Energy." You know yeah. I mean? So yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so gonna have some merch in that. I mean, the aim is just you know that's your brand. People like it. Yeah. Might as well secure some coins off of it. I feel you. I feel you. Um. So what? What are some of the wildest things that have happened? Um, because of your presence on social media. <laughs> oh man, I didn't expect that question. Um, <laughs> um like uh, who have <laughs> who, who have you like? interacted with that you're like whoa I did not even dream that I would be interacting with this person okay okay that's I like I like where you're going with that one yeah 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 um I was on that zoom with Oprah okay Oprah for the 100 black fathers special she did this summer nice um were you nervous a little bit mm-hmm. but it wasn't really anything big because you know i was on the there's like a lot of people in the audience the virtual audience that you know they invited us to be on the show and then she called on select people but i wasn't specifically asked a question so it wasn't like i was talking you know directly to her about it so right right <clears throat> but um so that was pretty cool um oh and after the through the no rush challenge got to you know connect with anthony anderson yeah you only know from blackish mm-hmm. um and uh and that's like your voice pers- <laughs> <laughs> i mean i wouldn't say we're like best friends but right. we communicate on ig um got to communicate with uh ebro mm-hmm. from you know, uh, Oman Ebro is his IG name. You all know him uh, through the radio. Um, I'm trying to think. Who else? Top of my head. Oh, Tyler Perry was on that same thing. The yeah. Same room with um, Oprah. So was Killer Mike. Um, that's who comes to mind off of the top of my head. Yeah, as if that's like little people. That's that's massive. That's massive. Yeah. And oh, and the big thing was when Future reposted one of our posts. That was major. yeah, yeah. Was it the? It was it the don't rush. It or? was the uh, mask on challenge thing that we did the video. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're like a huge Future fan, so me. Yeah. Uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> Uh, not ever, actually. Wow. Yeah. No, not 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 ever. 
Are you a future fan? Uh, his music goes hard. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, works. Like when you uh, when you're working out, mm-hmm. you know that future will carry you through. <laughs> Have you lifted beyond your limits? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> this is this is what I mean. I'm gonna leave that alone. Just just whatever. If they follow you, it this needs no explanation. <laughs> um, well, you know, Jamaican. So I mean, we're never really lifting beyond our means. Okay. All right. All right. So. <laughs> so what about like? Because you've been on. Um, You've had like TV appearances too. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's mainly myself and two other physicians and our journey um, during the well towards the peak of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our experiences in the hospital managing and caring for patients with COVID. Um, and that was and on. Then, and that was on what channel? It cut out. That was a uh, Fox. Oh, sorry. That was Fox Nation. Okay. The, stream, the streaming network for Fox. Okay. And then there was a commercial with TLC. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, then there was appearance with. Uh, there was a CNBC. And that was also focused. That was focused on um, disparities mm-hmm. uh, revolving around COVID, particularly in the African American community. Right. And yeah. speaking speaking of that, like how how were you mentally affected during the whole COVID? Even though COVID is still happening, but during the peak of it, and the disparities were very evident. Did you feel like you? were mentally exhausted was this something that you knew from before how how did you cope with that well i think we knew about you know we well we did know at least physicians african-american community knew about the healthcare disparities that existed it just so happened that covid kind of placed a magnifying glass over those issues right and it made it more apparent or you know for some people apparent for the first time that healthcare disparities existed and so that was one positive that came out of it is that, um, you know, now it brought more public attention to the fact that there are things that we need to change and need to improve upon mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the care of African-Americans. Um, from a mental standpoint, you know, like I said, kind of already knew what was, was going on, just kind of served as a reminder that there's still a lot of work that we as physicians uh, need to do. Yeah. For sure. And, um, you know, with everything that you have accomplished, um, the exposure that you have both on social media, outside of social media, how do you find that you stay grounded as a as an individual? I just, you know, like for me, I feel it's easier to stay grounded. Don't try to portray myself as some super like sophisticated physician online I'm just you know 
I'm a physician. I feel very confident in my ability to care for my patients, my knowledge base, um, and just confident in who I am and that I can just be myself. So I feel like that helps me keep me grounded. I'm not trying to, you know, when I'm in the car or on IG playing some serpent pain Beethoven so that I present a certain face. And then like afterwards I'm turning on, you know, 21 Savage to, you know, for mm-hmm. myself, like I feel that what I present on social media is, um, is who I, I am to an extent. And so I feel that that helps me keep me grounded because when you are just yourself, um, makes it a lot easier to, to keep you grounded. And when you're trying to keep up with a certain persona for social media, that's when it makes it more difficult. Um, also just staying in touch with your friends and your family, people that you've known from, from day one, you know, Mm -hmm. those people help keep you, keep you grounded. For sure. For sure. Um, so as we wrap up here, I want you to let the people know where they can find you. So you can find me, uh, hashtag, or not hashtag, at hashtag. <laughs> at symbol Earl Campbell MD on Instagram and also Earl Campbell MD on Twitter. Um, I do not use Twitter as much, but I need to, um, you know, I'm trying to get better at it. Oh, I didn't even know you're on Twitter. Yeah, I probably tweeted. I haven't tweeted in a while, but I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, yeah, work on that. <laughs> you know, I can only do I can only do so much. So. Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to join me on this episode. Um, it was very interesting just getting a peek into your life and what it's like being, you know, an Instagram celebrity. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me, uh, finally. Um, Don't even. Onto, onto the, your podcast. It was, you know, it was a good conversation. Um, I'm glad we were able to get the whole recording situation sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, why, why are you exposing like this? Um, and, you know, I, I got to say that I'm impressed. You, you know, you kept it at a certain level during the podcast. You didn't get too ratchet. So um, <laughs> quite surprised and impressed by that. But we'll see how it goes next time. Thank you. Thank you, Earl. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. All right, okay, take care. Bye. All right, bye. Well, there you have it. <laughs> you can see why I said now, you know, he just stays true to himself, true to himself. And this was just like nothing. Okay, nothing. But if you follow him on social media, you know that um, many jokes, many jokes on his page. Uh, So happy that he was able to join me for this conversation. What I take from this was uh, his confidence in tackling every new chapter in achieving his his degrees and and his accomplishments um having that confidence of saying like you know i'm not really scared of this like i have the capacity to do it 
And I think that that's such a good thing to have and something to kind of tap into that when we're presented with different um different challenges or different chapters that we have to conquer having that mindset of you know I can do this while staying very true to yourself not putting yourself in a box or um, trying to portray yourself in a way that shows like perfection or like there's no struggle to it or that you're just not relatable. Um, I think that it's great to be true to yourself, be personable so that people can relate to you. So, so happy I got to share this platform with him. Um, so if you're not following the podcast, please follow on Instagram at my curious life underscore podcast send me a dm comment uh hit me up let me know what you think uh and you know i'm always open let me know what topics you want to hear or if you want to be on the the podcast i'd be happy to have you more than happy to have you so let me know but until then until next week i hope you all have a beautiful week stay safe Stay sane, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.